Earning your degree online doesn't mean you have to go about it alone. At Capella University, we're here to support you when you're ready. From enrollment counselors who get to know you and your goals, to academic coaches who can help you form a plan to stay on track. We care about your success and are dedicated to helping you pursue your goals. Going back to school is a big step, but having support at every step of your academic journey can make a big difference. Imagine your future differently at capella.edu. It's Jim Cramer here. You're listening to the opening bell of CNBC's Squawk on the Street. Don't miss a minute of the action. Good Tuesday morning. Welcome to Squawk on the Street. I'm Carl Quintanilla with Jim Cramer, David Faber, coming to you live from various locations. Futures are green as the Nasdaq's riding a six-day win streak, the longest of the year. Uh, big news day. Fauci's in front of the Senate in about an hour. The Fed begins buying corporate bond ETFs. Five Fed speakers today. WTI up 5% as net long positions are now at the highest since April of last year, Jim. And of course, core CPI, uh, biggest month-on-month drop in the history of the series, although there's some debate about just how important that is right now. Well, I got to tell you, the bullishness uh, is manifested by a huge part of the market. I call it the $11.5 trillion portion of the market, which is related to the Kramer COVID index. Excuse the hubris. Uh, you can't get enough of these stocks, and we find them everywhere. These are the companies that do best when you stay at home, whether it be General Mills with a surprise pre-announcement that was extraordinary yesterday, or whether it be a lot of the um, Apple uh, number bumps today, or, or even just you know, kind of you know, out of the woodwork, AbbVie uh, put on the recommended list. Why? Because you know, now you can stay at home, and, but go get your Botox. It, there is, a, there is just absolutely a level of bullishness about this stay-at-home, work-at-home market. And then there's the rest of the market, which is just awful and, and uh, yeah, astonishing. We're going to get to, uh, to, to Calhoun's comments on the Today Show in a moment. But I know you have Logitech on tonight. Sales up 13, OperaNet up 23. I mean, there's a lot of webcams and oh. mice and keyboards that are being bought right now. Look, if you want Logitech, now they do have a, um, it's so interesting because some of it is gaming. Uh, they have a, a particular mouse that's almost as good as a wired mouse. Well, uh, people want that. They don't want latency because they're playing video games at home. If you want to have a home office and get some great stuff, quality stuff off of Amazon, uh, you can just quickly set one up yourself uh, and then you can zoom. And, you know, we look at these guests and anyone who's a phoner, um, they just should go to Estee Lauder or something or go to their dermatologist because there's no reason not to do a Zoom Logitech interview. It'll cost you like 180 bucks. So, I mean, this is happening so fast that I think it's just incredible. I had an alpha called Upwork yesterday. All they do is they find people who uh, would be working at home and you'd be, they'd be the right person for you. I see tremendous, tremendous tall office buildings with nobody in it. David, you are seeing with these real estate investment trusts, the exception of Simon Property, distress like you wouldn't believe. And it is yet to hit the banks. Yeah, you know, uh, the future of work is something that we're going to be talking a lot more about. And it's funny because in talking to people on Wall Street, so to speak, uh, the plan to get back to work, for example, goes to your very point. It's not just retail and Simon, which we'll get to um, uh, reporting numbers and we'll get to that in, in in a bit. But it's also all the office buildings. How many people are really going to be going back and talking to people about their plan for return in the financial services industry. Traders, for example, would probably be the first 
to be brought back, but they're going to bring back only a slice. Uh, and they're trying to figure things out about how many people can be in an elevator, and they're going to be monitoring every move that is made by uh, by the people who do go back. And guys, there are there is going to be a cohort of, of, of employees who just work from home continually. And Jim, that makes you wonder. Yes, there's going to be more social distancing. Yes, you may need more space to a certain extent. But there is going to be, I don't know what the number is, 20, 30 percent of the employee workforce that just doesn't come back. It may not be the same people, but they're going to be working from home. That's Kind of what I continue to hear. I don't know if it's what you do as well. Oh, yeah. I mean, look, American Electric Power Zone last night, where they saw a dramatic decline in industrial use. Now, a lot of that is skyscrapers, office buildings, but a huge increase in residential. Now, a lot of that is the office at home. Now, this is the large, one of the largest transmission companies in the country, and it is just happening so fast that it's even impacting electricity. Carl, I've got to tell you. Uh, if, if the choice between going and get yourself some COVID by going to the office and pressing the wrong button with too many people in the elevator and side to side and shoulder to shoulder with traders or sitting at home uh, having a nice breakfast and then going to work, if you can silence the dog, no crying babies, you're in business. <laughs> yeah, Jim. I mean, uh, guys, some of the scenarios being laid out, uh, especially in the U.K., there's a story out this morning on Reuters about London I mean, scenarios where bankers and traders don't go back to work for at least a year. Oh. Uh, and then, of course, there's there's corporate travel. Uh, David Calhoun of Boeing on the Today Show this morning talking about something that the sell side's been laying out there for about a month. And that is whether or not demand comes back in three to five years. And, of course, uh, whether a major carrier ends up going out of business. Take a listen. Do you think there might be a major U.S. carrier that just has to go out of business? Yes, most likely. You know, something will happen when September comes around. Uh, traffic levels will not be back to 100%. They won't even be back to 25. Uh, maybe by the end of the year, we approach 50. So there will definitely be adjustments that have to be made on the part of the airlines. Jim, uh, wow. Ben Baldanza on Squawk this morning said he thought a 50 number by year end was actually pretty optimistic. Well, yeah. He's a, a bit of an iconoclast, so to speak. Uh, look, I, I think that uh, Secretary Mnuchin doesn't want that. I think the airline business is a very important business for our country. Uh, I do feel that when I look at a United Air flight yesterday and it's packed, uh, I question exactly how, how poorly these do. I'm always surprised. Now, here's Mr. Calhoun. He gave a very critical uh, New York Times interview of, of his company. Uh, one of the things that I've learned in life, having uh, been a salesperson and taught sales, you just don't tell the clients that they don't have enough money to do business with you. So what I'm going to call that, I'm putting that one in the ill-advised category. Just because he's the CEO of a major company, you can't say he was ill-advised. <clears throat> stunning? David, stunning? Uh Maybe. You know, uh, listen, I maybe the airlines. Maybe. Hey, have, David, you know, one of you, one of the three of you guys are going to be out of business a year in. I don't know which one. Hey, could be any. No, come on. You're trying. You, these are customers buying billions of dollars of equipment. The one thing you don't do is say yeah, what I'm going under, because that's just not what you do in America. I suppose Calhoun is a pretty straight shooter, I think, as we've learned. Right. Um 
and seems to speak his mind, perhaps uh, to well, your that's point, great. Uh, even when he even he, when he, he shouldn't. All CEOs uh, are salespeople. Yes. Yes, they should. Many of them are. And many right. of them are very good at that. And that is why they got to the jobs uh, that they have, because they are good at selling, Jim. You're right. Yeah. Um, you know, guys, uh, when I think of Boeing, though, I still come back to the $25 billion that the company was able to raise in the corporate bond market. And that leads me to something else that's still extraordinary and going on every day, which is the level of capital markets activity is just off the charts. Yes. And it's not just debt. Uh, it's equity as well, although debt needs to be mentioned. I mean, Disney raising an, another $11 billion dollars. Uh, through sales of, what is it, from five years all the way up to 40, 3.8% notes due 2060. They raise $11 billion in total. Uh, those were priced at a bit of a discount. You're talking about what could be $2 trillion in investment-grade debt raised this year by the time the year ends. It's just extraordinary. Companies willing to come back again when they've already hit the market once. And then, Jim, we've also got equity. Uh, we talked a lot about it, but the uh, in in for companies that have had to issue equity. But then you got this huge secondary from PNC for BlackRock. I mean, those numbers are enormous. The banks are living off the capital markets activity right now because obviously M and A is very quiet. Well, they better do it because every revolver has been turned. Everyone took the revolvers, including companies that I wouldn't give two cents to. But by the way, also Federal Realty, which is a, a really good shopping center company, they just tapped the bond market at prices that, I, I mean, 10 year over, 310 over. I mean, uh, it, people are willing to buy a lot of stuff. Now, maybe that has to do with the fact that the Fed is buying an ETF of, uh, of bonds that are allegedly high quality. I mean, a lot of stuff is happening that is pretty extraordinary. But I, I cannot believe yes. when the banks, when are we going to see the banks on the hook for some real bad debt? We're going to talk about Simon Properties. But uh, David Simon, he's amazing. I mean, he, he, he made this stunning thing in his conference call. It's like, I'm going to pay my dividend in cash. One after another of an analyst congratulating him that he's paying it in cash because so many REITs have stopped paying or cut their dividends in half. And, and in the meantime, a lot of them drew down their revolvers and we don't really see the, the, the reserves yet, but the reserves better be up because, boy, the stocks are bad. The bank stocks yeah. are terrible. Simon's going to open. The bank stocks, yeah, yesterday were bad. Yeah, they had a bad day yesterday too, Carl. Uh, Simon's going to open half of all of its properties in the next week. Uh, I know there's more activity, David, uh, regarding Zillow Group today and Lyft on some converts. I read this morning we've already priced more this month so far than we did in all of May of last year. It's unbelievable. Well, yeah, I mean, as, right. It's not just it's not just straight equity. It's not just debt the way Disney is. It's these converts, of course. Uh, we saw yesterday that deal with Cody where KKR stepping up for what will eventually be a billion dollars in a convertible preferred. Uh, yeah, Carl, it is extraordinary. Um, and again, if you are a company, you probably want to get out ahead of the issuance that's still to come. And the idea that there will be a repricing of some kind that will make your cost of capital more expensive. That at least was what Disney seemed to be thinking, Jim, by their decision right. to buy, hit the market. And again, at prices that are, you know. Buy S&P Global. Buy Doug Peterson's company. They rate everything. Holy cow, it's a windfall. Buy it right here. S-P-G-I. 
Uh, guys, we'll take a break. There's so much to get to today. There actually is other news regarding Disney this morning. Uh, Bullard's on the tape talking about Fed programs. Fauci at the top of the hour. A lot more squawk on the street. Don't go anywhere. Earning your degree online doesn't mean you have to go about it alone. At Capella University, we're here to support you when you're ready. From enrollment counselors who get to know you and your goals, to academic coaches who can help you form a plan to stay on track. We care about your success and are dedicated to helping you pursue your goals. Going back to school is a big step, but having support at every step of your academic journey can make a big difference. Imagine your future differently at capella.edu. I'm really proud of our people and everything we've accomplished since uh, uh, the acquisition. The performance of the business has continued to be really strong across the board. On all value drivers for the acquisition where we are executing well, the pipeline is progressing. Uh, the approvals of new medicines uh, in the first quarter are really uh, a demonstration of the strong focus we have on the pipeline. Cheap. That's BMY cheap with uh, Jim last night on Mad Money. Uh, Jim, there's a lot of other news today with LabCorp and Moderna. Yeah, I mean, Moderna, they love press releases. Um, they're fabulous at that. I mean, it's an amazing company. Uh, when you fast track something from the FDA, all that means is that the, the illness is bad. OK, so let's make that point. It's not like, hey, they just got some approval to do something fast. They just say, listen, this is a bad disease. Bristol Myers, uh, Dr. Caforio is a level headed guy. He talked about how there are a lot of li- alliances among drug companies to solve, uh, uh, get a vaccine. But what he really is, it's just this cell gene deal is so unrecognized. David, the stock sells at 10 times earnings. It says it had 8% growth. That's the kind of thing people say, well, geez, the market's overvalued. Bristol Myers. I mean, this company is unbelievably cheap. So I know that it's really chic to be able to come on and say the whole thing's a big house of cards. But what, how do they explain the fact that there's a 3% yielder with a decent balance sheet that sells at 10 times earnings with 8% growth uh, and it's going to get faster? I, I just find the ignorance of people who want to slam this. They should look at individual stocks. There are stocks that are overvalued, but Bristol is not one of them. No, but I, in some ways, hasn't the market noted? I mean, I, granted, it is, to, in your opinion, cheap, but it is up 33 percent over the last year, Jim. I mean, I guess it hasn't been getting any respect for a long time. That's it. And that's what I said to Dr. Cafario, which is that the respect was wanting in the 40 level. David, it was just me. And I know that you, that people just said, uh, oh, he likes to say Bristol Myers, but then at forty-two dollars, I mean, come on! He was using some gigantic number. The synergies are even better, two point five billion. This is the kind of stock that I implore people to put in their portfolio, and I find that there's many, many people who are so quick to say there's nothing to buy, but they don't want to look at individual stocks. They've made up their mind about the S and P, and there's probably about two thirds of the S and P that is wrong. That just doesn't work. Where I've got $11.5 trillion with the Kramer COVID index that do work, so to speak, and make sense right here. Yeah, but if you bought the S&P index, Jim, you're, you're not unhappy in the sense no. of you're only down 9% for the year and you've benefited from those mega cap companies that we talk about all the time for obvious reason, Apple, Alphabet, Amazon, Microsoft, that have allowed that index to be True. where it is despite the performance of so many other stocks, as you point out, that are far, far less. But you are a glass half full guy. Think what you, but you're, you don't understand it's a glass full. OK, I mean, you think you're not unhappy, glass half full. 
No, you should be. It, it, it's it's happy. I mean, look at this trillion dollar index that I've got, David. It's okay. I mean, I know it's difficult to accept because of how horrible the situation is, but companies have pivoted dramatically. Carl, two up, uh, two up price bumps Apple today. Why? Services. Services. David, just yep. be less glum. You're at home. It looks fabulous. My life stinks. You have a fabulous life. You probably even have the dog there. How's the dog? He gets he gets put away over that that side. Otherwise, yeah, he'd good. be all like here doing things you don't want to. They are, call center. you know, yeah, the, yes. <laughs> Quiet dogs, uh, David, for the win, for sure. Uh, we'll take a break here. A lot more to get to on this Tuesday morning. Uh, stay with us. Imagine earning a degree that prepares you with real skills for the real world. Capella University's programs teach skills relevant to your career, so you can apply what you learn right away. Learn how Capella can make a difference in your life at capella.edu. CNBC has quick and easy to understand business news updates at the open midday and close every weekday. Markets, money, and more from Wall Street to Main Street. I'm CNBC's Jessica Ettinger. Follow and listen to CNBC Business News Updates wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back to Squawk on the Street. Time for a mad dash from this very happy household to your miserable one, Jim, as you said earlier. Sorry about that. Uh, Sorry. Right. I'll do anything I can to improve kiss. your mood. Well, I'll do anything other than open a factory <laughs> in Alameda that I'm not supposed to. All right, here we go. Dave, all right. It's exa- this is exactly yeah. what I'm talking about, half full, full. All right. Notice I'm not even using half empty. Alphabet this morning, City bumps its price target. Uh, and takes it from sixteen from fourteen hundred to sixteen hundred. David, why do they do it? I don't know. They cut revenue growth. They're talking about revenue deceleration. They're talking about YouTube revenue growth decelerated, and they bumped the price target. David, this is what you're talking about. This is called, you know, it doesn't say it. It doesn't say fatuous at the top, but I would have slugged it fatuous. Because you don't cut your revenue growth and then raise the price target. But, David, it's, it's alphabet. It's like Chinatown, right? Right. Chinatown. It's Chinatown. Yeah. Right? It's Chinatown. It's Chinatown. Yep. Yep. Um, Jake. Um, that said, there, there, are some, uh, there are some investors, Jim, who are seizing on the efficiencies that alphabet has been finally willing to seize as they cut costs as a real positive. Well, so revenues really maybe going aren't going to go up, but margins will. Yeah. Well, the drunken sailor thing kind of got a little bit uh, weary. You know? I do. It's you, David. Okay. Dave, go out for that one, will uh, I think we're taking a break now, Jim. So we're going to do that. And then we're going to be back. we got an opening bell, by the way. Nine minutes away. A lot more for you on Squawk in the Street. Tesla's up 2% pre-market, as Elon Musk uh, tweeted yesterday. Tesla is restarting production today. Against Alameda County rules, I will be on the line with everyone else. If anyone is arrested, I ask that it only be me. The uh, plant was shut down for five weeks, Jim, and it sounds like you think he has... Uh, maybe not legal standing, but moral standing to do what he's doing here. Well, look, I, I think that he is a zealot. I think he is correct in thinking that the whole uh, thrust of this country is to put people to work. 
Uh, why do we presume that he can't do it in a fashion that's safe? I do not know. I mean, uh, I want this is not Tyson. OK, this is not Smithfield. And why do we think this man necessarily is going to put people at risk? When I look at, at, at my Twitter column, there are two kinds of people. There are people who think that he's the greatest and people who think that he's willing to sacrifice people on the, on the order of profit. Now, he may not be as, uh, as, say, as concerned about COVID as every person in the world, but there's no indication that he's willing to sacrifice people's lives. Why can't they make a deal? I don't understand this. It's time to open up that factory, and I think he's dead right. I don't want to violate the law, but come on. This is... Do, not, do, do we not want this factory open? Secretary Mnuchin wants it open. I don't know. Do we have to presume We talked that- about it with him. Yeah. No, uh, uh, we, we covered this with the secretary yesterday. In fact, here's what he told us. I agree with Elon Musk. He's one of the biggest employers and manufacturers in California. And California should prioritize doing whatever they need to do to solve those health issues so that he can open quickly and safely where they're going to find as he's threatened, he's moving his production to a different state. Uh, Jimmy wait. does have the argument that uh, they're essentially the only OEM now that is uh, not allowed to open on a week where a lot of the other, other big three uh, are going to open. Well, it's great. I mean, we got rid of OSHA. Oh, OSHA still exists. I'm sorry. Um, they would be valuable here. Uh, we don't have standards. Uh, we go. Uh, 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 there's a county unelected official that's shutting down maybe one of the most important factories in the country. I don't know. I mean. If the president were to get involved and say, look, I think that this is something we can all work out, that would be very valuable. But instead, we're focused. I don't know, maybe there'll be a tweet that says that we ought to get along instead of just trashing Comcast or whatever's being cat trash. But this, this to me is right on the firing line of what's wrong with America. This incredible disparity. Everybody has a, even a county commissioner can shut down a great company. How is this possible? How is it possible that we have just unfettered uh, <laughs> confederacy of anything? And I use the word confederacy not disparaging in terms of the things they did wrong, but the idea that everybody seems to be equal when it comes to being able to tell someone not to do something. And you were supposed to be trying to open up America, not close America. I don't get it at all. I, I just don't get it. Who is this guy to but stand up in front a- of a real company? Jim, all that being said, there is no unified approach here. We know that, right? It is each state making their own decisions down to the local level based on all of the different factors there. I mean, you've been the first person to speak out about protecting people's health every single day and how concerned you are about it. So uh, Um, trust and verify. Do you know what the specific conditions are on the I don't know. I mean, I'm not and I certainly I can understand why you'd want to open the factory, but I'm surprised to hear you saying that. Because it's not the Soviet Union in 1935. We're not like Stakhanovites. We're like putting a lot of coal into an engine. I think you can sit down with this man and work it out, is all I'm saying. I, just what Secretary Mnuchin said. I think the disease is horrible, far worse than most people I think that I, I see commentary. But I do believe that there are ways. I mean, if we let Tyson open plants, okay, Tyson, I, we should yeah. let this plant open. Tyson was. Well, there are ways to do it. Listen, 
Uh, you know, again, I come back to Carrier and Dave Gitlin, who we spoke to on Friday, talking about their fact, their lines of production, having to space people out, using potentially robots in between. We right. know there's a great deal of robotics in any Tesla factory. In fact, probably more than there are people. I don't yes. know what the spacing requirements are. We don't know all these things. Um, I guess we'll find out. It would seem you should be able to figure out a way to get that thing open and make everybody That's happy. That's all I'm Jim, saying, David. You and I, we have very little distance between us other than Washington, Connecticut, and right here. Thanks for letting me All right, guys, number. opening oh, bell here. Oh, it's big enough. Uh, no one will look for you. As uh, Brett fills in, Jim, uh, in terms of markets, um, you know, a lot's been talked about in terms of uh, this rally being led not by valuations but by flows. And I just wonder, you know, the, the historical setup when the Nasdaq is up six days in a row, 50 basis points a day is not great. No, no. Look, I would I like it to cool off. Absolutely. Uh, I, I think that there is look, they forced a lot of money into, into the market. Uh, if we do get negative rates, that's also good for stocks. We have a lot of stocks that look that that target boost of Alphabet really is takes the cake. Right. We're cutting our revenue growth but we're raising our price target. And that's about being part of the flow. People don't want to be left behind. Uh, there are companies that are doing well. Datadog was, data. I know we're starting to really, that's not David's dog's name, but I do like it. <laughs> data, data, woof, woof, David, this is Datadog going there. Datadog was one of, uh, other than ServiceNow, Datadog, they were one of two companies that actually put dramatic increase in uh, forecast, okay? Most companies are suspended forecasts or they're not saying anything good. I've got two that would deserve to be up if we were playing by the old rules. Data dog and service now. And that is a little uh, that that's just wrong. But we did go down a lot. And uh, Apple is doing better, and I think Microsoft's doing better. I've got a lot of companies doing better. Facebook turned out to be better. Advertising didn't collapse among those. And then we've got all these other companies. Marriott, there was a, a, a cut there that was pretty significant. And uh, anything travel and leisure is not really working. Uh, so I, I don't know. I mean, we just have two markets. And there's one market that is just horrendous. And the other market is getting all the money from the, other, from the bad market. And it's happening. It's happening now. And it's a little unnerving to see the board up again and oils up. I mean, come on. The retailers, really? Because they're opening up? Where do we see the monthly numbers are going to be terrible? Well, yeah. I mean, the leaderboard is Simon Property at the top and then Nordstrom, uh, L Brands, uh, Gap and Carmax. So we're clearly playing a a retail reopening dynamic this morning. Yeah, at least Carmax, they had some good things. Carmax is that 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 uh, upgrade was very interesting because it talked about how people will be afraid to take public transportation. So they'll buy a used car. I thought that was good. Uh, Nordstrom is is just a belief that they're not going to go under. Uh, that, that's not a really great reason to buy a stock. Uh, Gap is very similar. It's like, wow, you know what? I got to buy that stock because it may not go under. Uh, but there are a lot of companies that I just think are, uh, are momentum. I mean, we've got Cisco reports tomorrow. And that's been momentum from 38 to 43. But maybe they've got that division that competes directly with, with Zoom. And it's doing well, you know, WebEx. And maybe that's enough to propel the whole company. We had this company, uh, a company that a lot of people really like. Um, it was a, a 
a company that does fiber optics that people really don't focus on. Two six, that's IIVI, and they had a blowout quarter. So people are buying uh, fiber optics companies, including Cisco. So there are a lot of companies that are doing well in this in the stay at home world. I, I can't help it. The General Mills quarter, you know, there was the General Mills CEO was on. He cannot contain himself because people are baking and people are cooking and they're feeding the dog multiple times. Then they're baking some more. They're eating cereal. I mean, holy cow, they're doing things that they used to go to work and be miserable. Now they're like at home having a good time cooking. And and, and so I think that their stay at home has some real advantages. And also you can see the skylines. How about wild animals? I saw a fox. Whatever. Yeah. Did it have a lot of fur on it? I've noticed the foxes have a lot of fur this time. Do they always have a lot of fur? I don't know. Do they ever uh, shed? F- I, I don't, you know. I'm not really familiar not up with on their the foxes. MO, frankly. Any coyotes up there, do? <laughs> yeah, there are. There are. Yeah? That's why my dog you have named a gun. Scoop has to be careful at night. I do not. Hmm. Uh, no. You ever hunted? You? you ever hunted? No, honey. Um, no. Uh, yes, actually, once hunted. Uh, Never some mind. Pheasant. It's just up there. I mean, Years now you got wildlife everywhere. You got bald eagles. I mean, everything's coming back. It's amazing that wildlife is. Carl, it's like real. It's like uh, National Geographic. It's incredible what nature back. finds a way. I mean, uh, nature finds air a way. pollution. You name it, Jim. Uh, by the way, speaking of uh, air pollution and, and carbon, the president tweets just now, guys, uh, crude oil prices going up as Saudi Arabia cuts production levels. Our great energy companies with millions of jobs are starting to look very good again. At the same time, gas prices at record lows like a big tax cut, the best of all worlds uh, transition uh, to greatness. There, there is some, some discussion, Jim, that even if you don't believe uh, the squeeze in equities, Oil is telling you that there is a rebound in global activity happening. Yeah, well, that uh, minus $37 was a pretty scary day. And the way that happened was it happened so quickly that most of the, the actual big oil companies are not nimble enough. They couldn't be down there. Believe they want to. I mean, Chevron would have loved to have been down there. Uh, it, it just happened too quickly. Um, there is some demand. There's some uh, airline demand. There's, uh, I, I, But I would point out that, uh, there's, that most oil companies cannot break even at these prices. Uh, and uh, it is great to not lose those jobs, but we are nowhere near the break-even level. Uh, we have to go up, uh, let's say, let's go up another five dollars before we can, before more than six companies can make money. Imagine that. There's 70 that lose money right here. So, I mean, yes, it's great right now that they're able to get some revolvers and do okay. But remember, this can't last. It's got to go to 32. That's where you start getting a lot of break-evens. 32. Mm. 32. Mm. It's a ways from here. Yeah. Um, Carl, you mentioned Simon Property being you know, one of the leaders in terms of at least performance this morning. The stock up 6%. We mentioned it a couple of times at the top, but it's worth just quickly going over it. They talk about the fact that they have reopened 77 of their U- U.S. retail properties and reporting uh, numbers, of course. David Simon, the company's chairman and CEO, as well, talking about the unprecedented challenges they're facing right now and the disruption to the business, of course, how quickly they had to pivot to address the spread of the of uh, of the virus uh, and temporarily close so many of their U.S. properties. Um, what he didn't discuss at all was the Taubman deal. And that's why shares of Taubman, TCO, are down um, this morning, uh, because once again, he did not handhold in any way, shape or form 
did, Mr. Simon. It's right. a deal they entered into in the early part of February. I think it was February 10th. I mean, if they'd only waited a couple of more weeks, it might have been a very different tale. And there are those who are looking at the 10Q. And you might not make much of this uh, if you were just sort of passing through the 10Q. But the fact that within the 10Q, they talk about it in a different way. They, they say that it's contractual um, under the terms of the merger agreement. The contractual purchase price for all of Taubman's common stock is $52.50 per share in cash or $3.6 billion. The use of that word contractual, Jim, seems yes, to be freaking I some did. people out. It's sort I of saying, see, well, see, this is the contractual price. Yeah, he doesn't want yes. to talk about this thing. I love the guy. He's like one of no, the meanest persons ever. That's why I really love him, I think. He is tough, man. He's tough. He looked at me and, and he goes, hey, you, $33 billion. I said, what, what? No, Jim Cramer goes, no, you, $33 billion. I paid $33 billion in dividends. I said, well, that, that, that's fabulous. I'm Jim Cramer. And I said, $33 billion. He's a tough guy. I don't want to be on the Which wrong side what, of him, David. So I, I, I mean, he's brilliant. He's a do nice we, man. Do we think this is a guy who's going to, no matter what, no matter what he's got to do, is going to figure out a way to try to get out of this deal or at least delay it as much as he can and get a price cut? I don't know. He's also an incredibly honest, good businessman. I mean, it, that would not be in his nature. I mean, he's a, I mean, no one's ever thought that he's anything other than the most honest, forthcoming. I mean, there's, I don't know how to get out of this, David. Uh, I know. But, man, the timing was just about as bad as it could possibly be. Well, we bought a house the March 22nd, so I don't know. What bad timing? I don't know. No kidding. Another house? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, maybe we should go to Rick. All right. Yeah. All right. We can do that. We can do that. Uh, maybe we can cover that another time. Uh, let's do get to Rick Santelli on what is uh, a very busy morning uh, from him for his beat. Morning, Rick. Yeah, no, I was enjoying this. I didn't really buy anything big in March, but I, I want to hear more. You know, if we look at CPI, there was more. You know, CPI, the headline number goes back to 1947. But core, the concept of core came 10 years later, 1957. And down four tenths today on core. Think about it. X food and energy. You would think energy was it. X food and energy down four tenths. We never had a core number that small since 1957. So it really is enlightening. Treasuries didn't pay a whole lot of attention. Well, maybe because the Treasury keeps buying so many, although they're buying less and less. Uh, if you look at a chart for two weeks, you can see there is an upward trajectory to 10-year note yields as we've gone from kind of the 50s, 60s to the 60s, 70s. But it's very tame. Curve is basically around 50, 51 base points, 10 to 2s, kind of idling right there. Now, if we look at a one month of 10s, uh, we have closed basically one month highs yesterday, uh, first time around 71 basis points. You can clearly see it is rising. And what we really want to see at some point is a test of 1%, one and a quarter, somewhere in that area, kind of where it really started to get messy when rates started to come down, if you recall. Now, we all know that the Federal Reserve has made a play to come in and buy high yield ETFs. Is it a good idea? Many don't think so, but they're doing it nonetheless. Now, if you look at a chart going back to the very beginning, the HYG, it started in April of 2007. You can see the whole run there. And obviously in 2009, that was the big break where it was at its worst level outside of March, 
where it's coming back and it's now idling, kind of waiting for the Fed. It's come well off its lows because it knows that the Fed is coming with some dollars to purchase that ETF. And it's going to be very interesting because they haven't purchased anything as of this point in time. Finally, the dollar index. Now, this chart goes back to mid-March. What's interesting is this is the ninth week in a row we've had at least one session close at 100 or higher. They've already had it early in the week. It slipped a bit. It's down about a half a cent. But that really underscores how strong the dollar index is. And ultimately, it explains one reason why our inflation numbers are where they're at. Because as things come in, that strong dollar actually buys us lots of things compared to other countries. Carl, Jim, David, back to you. All right, Rick, thank you for that. We'll talk to you in a little while. We were just talking Tesla, Jim, and uh, the president now tweets, California should let Tesla and Elon Musk open the plant. Now it can be done fast and safely. Yeah, uh, look, I think that the key thing is we, there, the people against Musk presume that he runs some sort of sweatshop. They presume that he runs some sort of Tyson plant, the old Tyson before Tyson got religion. And I just think, look, trust and verify, open it, make sure that it's run safely. And, and let's go put these people to work. I don't know where it came about that once the plant starts, you're not allowed to look into it. The, the, the president, ooh, the president's right. There. Well, we're going to see uh, I mean, maybe Fauci will be asked about this in a few minutes. Uh, Fauci will talk to uh, Senate Health Committee uh, this morning at 10 a.m., uh, as well as the heads of the CDC, uh, HHS and the FDA. He's going to do it remotely, Jim, as uh, they do a bit of uh, semi-quarantining because of some of the exposure that's been in the White House last week or two. Well, I'm glad he's doing that. It was very unnerving to see the, the West Wing have people who are infected. I mean, look. We all know that it's very interesting, the, the open Shanghai Disney, right? So what do they do? They only have a meter social distancing, but everybody has to wear masks. We're into the six feet social distancing, but the masks are kind of optional. And the optional thing is starting to really lose a lot of, I think, gravitas. I think when you go to Costco and you got to wear the mask, every store that I went to in, in uh, Long Island this weekend, you had to wear a mask. I mean, look, we know that they're not perfect. Uh, by the way, Mark Benioff has a great tweet today that talks about how they're only this good and then they cut them down this good. But it's still better than nothing. And I do think that the Chinese understand that. Uh, I think it's interesting that their social distancing is not nearly as significant to them as it is in this country. And why is that? Because we don't know anything. Not we, them or us. I think there is a, a belief that somehow the novel coronavirus has been figured out by our scientists, and that is just simply untrue. Uh, Jim, there is a lot to back that up, it would seem, given every day we learn something new. Um, and the medical professionals on the front lines obviously are trying to respond as quickly as they can to all uh, all the different inputs they're getting. Um, guys, want to mix it up a little bit here, bring on a guest that, Jim, you've had on many times uh, as well, a company you follow closely, International Flavors and Fragrances, the company having reported numbers. It will begin its conference call uh, soon as well. But uh, we've got Andreas Figbig, the, uh, the company's chairman and CEO, uh, first on CNBC with us this morning. Andreas, nice to have you with us. Um, and I want to get right to the quarter itself and what you saw, because you saw positives, of course, as a result of significant demand for ingredients and solutions, for example, in certain consumer products, packaged food and the like. And then you also saw fragrances and cosmetics, I would assume, sales of which 
decline given nobody could go into a department store, for example. So what are you doing at IFF to adjust to this new reality? Yeah, first of all, thank you. Uh, good morning. Thank you for having me here. We had a good quarter, and that was driven by certain categories and certainly by the ability of IFF to basically work with the supply chain. All of our 110 uh, manufacturing fa uh, factories are open, and that was a bit of a challenge, but I come to that later. What is really thriving right now is on the flavor side and ingredient side, the center of the of the aisle in the supermarkets, everything which is packaged foods, uh, which goes in there. We see it also on hand sanitizers and detergents, which are really, really going extremely well. And that's driven by the demand we see in the marketplace, but also by some of the big wins we had uh, and, and end of last year. As you were saying, what is not going very well is in particular fine fragrances or, or cos cosmetics or some of the food service products as well. But in general, I would say strong quarter and a good start into the year. Yeah, uh, given that, Andreas, why, uh, why not share 2020 full year guidance? Look, uh, we, we believe that, or we see that the market is super volatile at, at the moment right now. And we see spikes in some categories, it goes up by 200, 300%, and others are, are, are going down. We said it's, it's just too volatile right now, and we don't know how the recovery will happen when all the different countries are opening up again to keep the guidance. But we will give, uh, over the course of the second quarter, more guidance on, on the second quarter uh, when, we can, when we can do so. And uh, I think it's, it's the right thing to do for, uh, for, that, for that situation. The good thing is um, it's a global business. We are selling our products in more than 200 different markets. And the whole COVID-19 crisis, as you well know, started in, in, in China. So we took a lot of learnings from our Chinese operations. Then it went to Europe, then finally to the U.S. And, and, and Latin America. And that helped us to adjust. What is a big question for us right now uh, in our consumer insight studies, what will be sustainable of these trends? So will be let's say all the, the, the health, the vitamins in food be a sustainable trend. Are we seeing that the people uh, using more hand sanitizers going forward and wash as much as they do right now? That's on underway. We do every year on about 500,000 consumer interviews. We really want to uh, figure out what is important for our customers to be successful in the future. Yeah. Uh, and we talk a great deal about what the what the new normal is going to look like, Andreas. What about your own workers? Uh, I know most of them are reporting to your facilities and have been throughout this. Uh, what changes have you made? What changes do you anticipate making as well in terms of how the work is getting done? First of all, I'm, I'm extremely proud that all of our essential workers are showing up very every single day in, in our factories and, and, and working. We have done a lot to, to help them to stay safe. We have split the shifts. The shifts don't touch or see each other even. We have the face mask in there. We do before they leave their homes. They do their own temperature measure. They have SOPs they are following. And that's the reason why all of our 110 factories are open and working. Even most of our labs are working with different shifts as, as well. The only are the, the office workers, which are in many countries are still home. And now gradually 
we are restarting the the office as well. But as we find uh, being now on on on, on Zoom here. It, it works very fine with, with people working from home as, as well. What we have done also is to help the frontline uh, healthcare workers, the police departments, uh, with some hand sanitizers. We have now, up to now, produced more than 70 metric tons in hand sanitizers and have developed a special set. We call it Hope 2020, which we distribute for free uh, to all of these workers in, in right now eight countries and, and more to come. Andreas, it's Jim. It's great to see you, and congratulations on an amazing quarter. Thank you, Jim. Uh, to the, I don't know if people understand how much of your business is the business that's really sidelined. We don't care how we smell on Zoom. Uh, so obviously you pivoted. I've always felt that that was so great about your model, right? I mean, you could pivot. We have to figure this out. And, and then uh, um, certainly uh, the merger with the DuPont and Embiid business is on track as well. You know, we announced it last uh, last December. We are very proud that we have announced yesterday the top leadership team, the purpose and vision of the new company. And even despite the COVID-19 situation, we are not missing a beat in combining these two companies together. Yeah, but I love the nutrition part. I mean, I love the way you broke things down. Again, it's a great mosaic because it's a couple billion dollar product lines that are all growth mode. And I know Ed Breen's excited about it. Something you taught me uh, early on was that we like the taste of the first thing we tasted when we were born. Uh, We are in a very insecure time, and people are at home. Uh, We want to be comfortable in any way we can. Are you seeing a resurgence of the basic taste that we got when we were born? Yes. Uh, Maybe not when you were born, but but what you experienced in in your childhood. Macaroni cheese in this country, for example, and other tastes all over all over the place. I think that's the reason why why people are now going back to some of the big brands they knew for years and for decades. Incredible. Andreas, finally, you mentioned the DuPont deal, of course, on track, as you've said, to close in the early part of 2021. Your stock got whacked after you announced that deal. Uh, It has come back since in part on the strength of the results themselves. But what did the market not appreciate, understand or not like about that deal that it seems to have come around to appreciating now? I I think there there are a couple of things. The first, uh, we had to understand what is the strategic logic behind the behind the deal. Uh, secondly, we had to discuss the, the financing, how we really want to want to make it make it happen. And we acquired uh, two years ago another company called Fruiterome, and we had to explain that we basically will finish the integration of Fruiterome until the third and fourth quarter this year, and then basically go first quarter next year into the next uh, big integration exercise. And I have to say, looking at the uh, the first quarter of both companies, whether it's Dupont NMB or, or ours, it shows there are two essential businesses which will be combined here, and we're pruned to growth going forward, even in that in that environment. On top of it, we are now in the position to really do integrated solutions where we can bring a lot of these ingredients together. Let me give you an example. Um, we see right now a lot of plant-based burgers, plant-based meat, even with the meat crisis in, in the U.S. There's, there's a lot of demand. Now, as a company, we are not just flavoring that. We can do the plant-based protein, which we which we get. We can uh, uh, bring the texturizers into it. We basically can do almost the whole product here for for our customers. And I think this is a very strategic uh, advantage we are having against all of our competitors. 
Well, Andreas, we always appreciate your updating us on those various efforts. Thank you for joining us this morning. Thank you. Take care. Stay healthy. You too. All right, guys, uh, Dow did get a pop at the open, up 160, but now settling back to the flat line along with the S&P as Dr. Fauci is getting ready to testify in front of the Senate in just a few moments. Don't go away. Watch the markets here, uh, keeping some powder dry as we await Dr. Fauci's testimony in front of the Senate in a few moments. In the meantime, the president uh, tweeting on everything from oil to Tesla to negative rates. We're back in a minute. Let's get to Jim and stop trading. Boy, I'll tell you something, Carl. Want to know how bad the bank stocks are? PNC Financial is selling that big, uh, that incredible, incredible BlackRock stake that has been so good. Uh, the analysts are positive. Uh, Stevens to say, listen, you should buy it, upgrading to overweight. Doesn't matter. It's a bank. Everything that banks do perceived as being desperate. And uh, this one in particular. And bank stocks are just yeah. poison here. They're poison. Yeah, PNC uh, in the bottom 10 of S&Pers at the moment, Jim. The two things we didn't get to you, uh, um, two things we didn't get to you with you this morning were Peloton hitting a million subs and Disney launching Hamilton to Disney Plus about a year and a half early in July. Well, look, I think Disney's doing a lot. I think people really wrote this thing off when it was when it reported. Uh, I like everything they're doing. They're they're really they're going to open everything. But most importantly, it looks like we're going to have sports. Maybe no fans, but do we care? Even more of a reason to stay. I, I want anything. I'll watch any sport. I mean, honestly, I'll watch <laughs> curling. I mean, curling, whatever, I never really understood yes. it, but I'll watch it. It blacked me out, though. That was not so good. Jim, how about tonight? Okay, we've got one of, what, we've got the hottest stock there is. We've got Novavax. I mean, people just love vaccine stocks. Uh, we have uh, Bracken Darrow. Logitech is the way you build an office that is as good looking as yours and David's uh, because they make all the things that come with uh, office at home. The most incredible story ever told. You've been listening to the opening bell on CNBC's Squawk on the Street. Imagine earning a degree that prepares you with real skills for the real world. Capella University's programs teach skills relevant to your career, so you can apply what you learn right away. Learn how Capella can make a difference in your life at capella.edu.